podcast, Talking Yankees, with ATM Sports Bank. Welcome back, people. It's been a few months since we last spoke. You can thank the New York Yankees for that. Once again, my name is Adam Taylor McKillop, and you're listening to Week 10, the off-season special of the New York Yankees podcast with ATM Sports Bank. What's going on, people? So, the last time we spoke was back at the end of October. I told you guys I was going to do an off-season special episode, but it took the New York Yankees two and a half months to give me anything to talk about. We have some goodies, though. Seems like Brian Cashman and the Yankees woke up from hibernation when the calendar turned to 2021. We have a couple of moves and plenty, plenty of rumors. Let's talk. Time for some segments. Get out your checkbooks, Yankees fans. Off-season edition. Yes, it took a while, but we have finally have some things to talk about. Here's who and what we're writing money checks for from this past week, or I mean two and a half months, of Yankees off-season baseball. And that first check I'm writing goes out to the New York Yankees re-signing DJ LeMayhew. That first check, were you guys nervous? Getting nervous there, Yankee fans, huh? Let's start at the beginning. For the last two seasons, DJ LeMayhew has been the best players on the Yankees roster. I mean, leaps and bounds better than everyone else. I'm sorry, Aaron Judge, Stanton, what have you. It's been DJ. We're talking 195 games on almost 900 at-bats. He has a 336 batting average, 36 home runs, 129 RBIs, an OBP of 386, slugging 538, two all-star caliber seasons. Last year was an MVP caliber season, an AL batting title outright, the MLB batting title, and history made. After leading with a 364 batting average during last year's shortened campaign, LeMahieu became the first player in league history to win an undisputed batting title in both the NL and the AL. Obviously, he won back in 2016 with the Colorado Rockies, and then he did it again this year. Stud. Machine. They call him a machine for a reason, guys. Anyways, the offseason came, and off the bat, management told us how the number one priority was re-signing this guy. Brian Cashman even declared the entire offseason plan hinges on re-signing LeMahieu, the overwhelming top priority. Here's a quote from Cashman. Certainly, it's, you know, driving the bus a little bit. DJ is a big piece of that championship commitment, and we're certainly not dipping our toes in various waters until we get a feel for how he declares himself, end quote. But then, all of November went by. All of December went by. The first week of January went by. Still nothing. Then that story came out about DJ's camp growing impatient. Yankees Twitter universe was losing their minds. But finally, guys, we woke up on Friday, a week ago, Friday, January 15th, and it was Christmas. Yankees finally got it done, re-signing DJ to a six-year, $90 million contract. The boy is coming home. So guys, let's just chat quickly how important this guy is. The clear-cut best hitter on the team. Hits for contact, hits for average, has that clutch gene that I've seen compared to Derek Jeter. Not quite there yet, but hits for power when he wants to, plays gold glove defense, a primary second baseman, can play anywhere in the infield. I mean, he is called the machine. 
yeah, he'll be 38 when this deal ends, but giving this guy a year or two longer than maybe you wanted to, it's absolutely necessary to keep one of the best pure contact hitters in baseball in the lineup. He makes the lineup go. He adds flavor that Judge and Stanton's of the world don't. He's a machine. Welcome back, DJ. Next up is that second check. No, the Yankees weren't quite finished on Friday, January 15th. All right, that second check that I'm writing, the Yankees add Corey Kluber. All right, real quick, let's recap the Yankees' offseason checklist entering the winter. Priority number one, re-signing the machine DJ LeMahieu. Priority number two, and priority number three, and priority number four, and priority number five. Pitching depth, pitching depth, pitching depth. Well, Friday was a great day. Check one and two off that list. Shortly after the Yankees re-signed DJ and locked him up for six years, news broke about the Yankees adding veteran and two-time, yes, I said two-time Cy Young award-winning starting pitcher Corey Kluber. On Friday, Yankees locked Kluber up for one year and $11 million. Okay, if you're a new fan of the MLB, you may be asking who Corey Kluber is. Kluber just made eight starts over the last two years with the Indians and Texas Rangers. He's 34 years old. He's soon to be 35. Question marks? Well, don't worry. Kluber has, yes, he has struggled mightily with injuries the past two years. But Kluber is a two-time Cy Young Award winner. Those don't come around very often. He owns a 3.16 ERA, a whip just over one. He's a three-time All-Star. Well, yes, we don't ex know exactly what we're expecting here, but this is a potentially off-season changing move. Let's talk about the scenarios, guys. Okay, so what happens if Kluber returns to a Cy Young Award form? I mean, the Yankees saw his showcase. The scouts were there. Let's have a little trust in the scouting department. If that happens, the Yankees roll out Garrett Cole and Corey Kluber as game one and two starters come playoff time. That's scary. The Yankees haven't had a one-two punch like that since the, you know, maybe the prospect of Severino and Tanaka, who were both in all-star form back then in 2018. Obviously, that didn't come true. Or we could go back further, Messina and Clemens. Again, this hinges on Kluber returning to ace form, but the idea of a Musina-Clemens-type duo, I love it. All right, let's talk about the other scenario. What if Kluber is just run-of-the-mill average? This is still a win. He doesn't kill the Yankees' payroll. Yes, it's creeping up to that luxury tax line, but still, if Kluber is average, he adds much-needed depth and veteran depth. The Yankees have a bunch of guys, a ton of guys coming back new or coming back from injury. Kluber, at least, at the very least, eats up innings. And even if he's just average, he's a veteran. He can scrape by like a CC did at the end or Tanaka did over the last couple of years. There is a ton of potential in this one, and I'm loving it. So how does the rest of the staff look? Well, we're not sure the Yankees are done. There was that wild Luis Castillo rumors. There was talk of Joe Musgrove, Musgrove before the money spending, big spender, San Diego Padres scooped them up. But there are a lot of rumors out there. And of course, what do we already have? Cole, Kluber, Jordan Montgomery. Severino is coming back from injury. That's a name I'm very excited about. Domingo Herman is coming back from that suspension. Um, when he got suspended, he was looking like a better prospect than Severino. I'll say it. I'll say it. I just did. Uh, Debbie Garcia, Clark Schmidt, the future. Let's have some fun seeing how this thing plays out.
All right, that third check that I'm writing, the Yankees avoiding arbitration. This one's a quickie, and yes, these names were all very much given, but call this a big success, and I thought it was worth mentioning. The Yankees avoided arbitration with the following names, and these guys are each locked up for another year in pinstripes. Jordan Montgomery, Chad Green, Gary Sanchez, Luke Voigt, Gio Urshela, Glaber Torres, Aaron Judge, Clint Frazier, all of these guys are huge pieces to the Yankees' potential for a championship run this year, and it's a relief to have these guys back. Third check, that's all I'm writing. And those are the checks that I'm writing. Got another quote here for you guys. This one comes from the Rocket, Roger Clemens, one of my favorite players growing up. And the quote, When you have the chance to take the ball for the world champs, you take the ball. Sending some good vibes about number 20 ne 28 next year? Hmm? Maybe? 28? All right. Next up, let's go over the three stocks that I'm selling. Here are the bad moments from the Yankees offseason. And you bet it's hard to imagine much bad after that flurry of moves the Yankees made on Friday. These aren't exactly bad moments, just more areas of concern or things that the team still needs to address. The first stock that I'm selling, the bullpen. All right, you guys know how I mentioned the Yankees offseason checklist earlier. Here's a reminder. Number one, re-sign DJ LeMahieu. Check. Number two, pitching depth. Corey Kluber. Check. Number three, pitching depth. Number four, pitching depth. Number five, pitching depth. Why so many pitching needs, you ask? Well, the Yankees need help in the bullpen too. The bullpen going into last year was seen as one of the biggest team's strengths, but enter the question marks around Adam Adovino, the loss of Tommy Canely. This team had serious bullpen questions by the time the ALDS rolled around. And yes, it was a big part in the Yankees not moving on. So how does the pen currently look? Here are the locked-in pieces. Chapman in the ninth, good to go on that one. Britton in the eighth, also good to go on that one. Chad Green in the seventh, also good to go on that one. Then it gets a little tricky. Adam Adovino is locked up under contract, so is Luis Sessa. We're praying that Adovino gets his stuff back. I'm praying that he gets it figured out last season was a fluke. And Sessa is a utility man. Don't ever want him closing games, but I will take this guy eating up three or four innings whenever possible. There are still question marks, though. The Kluber signing will prevent any other big-name acquisitions uh, just with the salary cap there. But the Yankees, they might have to make a trade. There's not a ton out there either. Yates is gone. Hendricks is gone. Uh, that was never happening anyways. So the Yankees still need to address this issue. I mean, they can get by kicking off the year with names like Jonathan Lozigua and Nick Nelson and Ben Heller and Brooks Kriske, but watch for a midseason move to acquire a lockdown guy if the holes still exist. We will see. All right, that second stock and final stock I'm selling is just to mention Gary Sanchez, your clock is ticking. So, 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 Gary, I'm sorry, I gotta pick on you again. Check this story that I got wind of back in December. Actually, go on over to Fansided's Call to the Pen to check my write-up of it. A little self-promotion there. 
Uh, but back in December, longtime Yankees writer for ESPN, Marley Rivera, interviewed Gary Sanchez. And during this interview, the man actually had the audacity to claim that he was unsure. He did not know why the Yankees coaching staff benched him during the end of the regular season and ultimately in the postseason. And I quote from Gary Sanchez here, but the reality is they never told me why I was benched. I didn't know why I wasn't playing. End quote. Wow. As a gentle reminder, Sanchez endured the worst year of his six-year professional career last year. In 49 games, Sanchez recorded a hitting line of, get ready for this, 147, 253, 365. He had just 23 hits all year and 64 strikeouts. Yes, 10 of his 23 hits cleared the fence for home runs, but he also struck out 40% of the time. His defense, his defense also took a step back. Sanchez led the entire league with five pass balls, and his 52 career pass balls are the most for any MLB catcher over the last five seasons. We know the story, guys. By the time the ALDS rolled around, Gary ended up losing his starting role. It was Kyle Higashioka at that point. I mean, there's always been a caveat. Gary will give you some questions behind the plate defensively especially pitch framing and pass balls. He's got a cannon. I'm not worried about him throwing runners out. But you overlook these things if he's even hitting 260 and he's getting those 30 home runs and 100 RBIs. Sorry, you just do. But hitting below 200, excuse me, hitting below 150, yeah, that ain't going to cut it, Gary. Gary Sanchez, let me be clear. If you do not rebound next year, your days and pinstripes are numbered. I promise you that. You need to hit at least 200. You need to hit, stay relatively healthy, and you need to hit 20 to 25 home runs at least. And you got to like work on the pass balls just a little bit. Believe it or not, Gary actually went on to explain in that interview that the Yankees management and coaching staff never actually verbally told him why he was being benched or that he was even being benched. I mean, I don't know how true that is or it's just his perspective of the situation, but let's assume that is true. You mean to tell me one of the faces of the franchise, the man who has lived with so much hype and rightfully so, you guys didn't even tell him that you're benching him in the postseason? Come on. Let's chalk this up to a big misunderstanding. I'm trying to stay positive today. Positive. That's right. No third stock. It's been a heck of a couple days, a week since Friday. The Yankees appear on the right offseason track. I'm enjoying it. I can't wait for the start of 2021 season and the chase for 28. Let's go. We bought stock. We sold stock. We wrote checks. We cashed them in. And most importantly, we talked about the New York Yankees. Thanks for tuning in, folks. And I will see you next week.